You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. This episode is brought to you by CovenantSpice.com, the fun, safe, and affordable way for Christian couples to take their sex life to the next level. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Efridge. Well, hey, Shannon. Hey, Corey. It is great to be back once again to Sexy Marriage Radio, where we are talking all things hot and heavy when it comes to sex and marriage, because we fully believe that sex is the best place to have sex happening. And one of the things that I'm thinking of, sorry, are you? you, Hey, I'm trying to interrupt you here. Please do. You know what I love about this time of year? Tell me. This is fireplace season. Oh, that's true. Especially if, if you're a listener yeah. way up north, it, it probably already is well into fireplace season. Well, that's true. Yeah, but down here, down south, you know, we're like still laying on the couches with our fans in yeah. September and October. <laughs> but here we are uh, approaching November, and I I just look so forward to getting out the blankets and lighting the fire and sipping hot cocoa. And that is, for some reason, that is just so romantic to me. That is a good thing. And yeah. One of the things that's romantic to both of us, I know, is hearing from our listeners. And yeah. one of the things we love have happening is send in your questions, your comments, your criticisms, your praises, everything, because we want to hear it. And it's an honor that we get access to your life and to your marriage and to your bedroom. And of course, we don't want full access. We just want to help get you in there as much <laughs> as possible. But what you can do is send us an email at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. You can also jump on iTunes and give us any kind of comments and reviews because we want to spread the word about Sexy Marriage Radio as far and as wide as we possibly can. Yeah, and here's one that we received a couple of weeks ago that I have just loved, loved, loved. I've actually read it more than once because it just makes me gush. Uh, the subject <laughs> line is, wow, where has this show been all my life? <laughs> she says, my husband found your show a few months ago and we're just about caught up listening to all the episodes. Wow, it's so refreshing to hear people of faith give a balanced view of sexuality and talk frankly but respectfully about sex. We are hooked. And she goes on to say, oh, how I wish a resource like this was available 36 years ago when we began our journey in marriage. And this is, I know that this is going to ring so true with so many people. She says, I was raised by parents uh, who were rather conservative. So sex and body awareness were never discussed ever as a couple and individually, we've been going through a lot unrealistic expectations, guilt-ridden upbringings, warped ideas of what a Christian marriage looks like, pornography addiction, codependency, affairs, recovery, forgiveness, and finally enjoying being married to each other. She says, God's influence in our lives kept us together despite all our mistakes. I think I learn as much from your casual, respectful, honest, open attitudes as I do the actual information and the experiences that are shared. And she closes with, in a sex-saturated society, it's great to find mature, loving, educated, and fun experts who are willing to guide the way to discovering the rewards of sex and true love within the bonds of marriage. And Corey, fun was all capital letters. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Of course, because it should be fun. My kids, I'm a fun mom. Yes. And I'm funny. So I love that she affirmed that in me. If, I mean, if, if we can't have fun with life as we're going along, what are we doing? I right, mean, <laughs> right. Man, it's not that every situation I got to learn how to have fun because sometimes that's just not appropriate. But overall, I mean, 
it's what is it? It's it, enjoy the ride. I mean, that's one of our family mottos is that we will enjoy the journey together. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes that means putting on your seatbelt and being, being prepared for some loop de loops, but <laughs> it can, it, it should still be fun. It can be scary Yep. Uh, and it can create tension, but it should still be fun overall. It's yep. a great point. Yeah. Well, Corey, I was hoping that we could unpack something today that um, may not be real comfortable. It, it may not even necessarily be real sexy, but I do think that it's a very vital part of marriage. Um, you know, in our years and decades of lives together, oftentimes there is some sort of betrayal. There is a, a revelation or of an epiphany that's not, you know, not of the good kind, right. um, whether it's she discovers him looking at porn or maybe he discovers her looking at porn or maybe he's had an affair or she's had an affair or, you know, whatever the case may be, that there would be some type of betrayal. Um, some, some type of, um, uh, uh, where trust is broken. Right. And I think that people have a tendency to, to have one of two knee jerk reactions that they either shut down sexually as a result, or they turn the heat so high that they become hypersexual. And I certainly think that either extreme can be unhealthy. Uh, so I was wondering, can we unpack? Like, how does one know when it's the right time to reintroduce physical intimacy after some sort of betrayal? Can we talk about that? Well, we can talk about that for sure. That's that's just a tough one because it's it is something that far too many people face and experience. And it is a re sometimes we do have the knee jerk reactions like you talk about. And that causes that continues to perpetuate what's going on or what has been going on. It doesn't really solve anything. But I don't know what comes to my mind as I'm hearing you talk about it and set the scenario is how do you reach the point? Because what when there a, there's a popular book that was out a couple of years back of my husband's affair was the best thing that ever happened to us. And wow, I, I wasn't familiar it, with that title, yeah, but I, I can I've heard that affairs will either make or break a marriage. Right, they don't it, always break a marriage. Yeah, you can look back on it as a season of, wow, I hated what we had to go through, but I'm so glad we went through it because that that's it, it's just it opens your eyes to things. And I'll right. be honest, that's speaking from personal experience, too. So. It does. It changes everything. If you reach the point of, okay, who am I? What, what is going on in my life right now to where you truly then wake up to things? It changes everything. And so, yeah, I think, I think we can. I think we just have to set it at the outset that there's no hard and fast rules for everybody. You know, there's no right. hard and fast Sexuality steps. Sexuality is as unique as our right. fingerprint. We're all right. going to respond differently. Yeah, to there's different no, scenarios. yeah, there's no steps of, okay, first, do this second do this third do this now you can do this and it's just more i think we could set up guidelines or things to be thinking about because i th i have a feeling shannon that w you and i may be coming at this from different views and that would be awesome if we are yeah, yeah. <laughs> just just because we don't have to agree on everything. no 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 because no, there's, no, there's nothing necessarily right or wrong about either way it's just right. ways forward and it's it's whatever works for the people and that's what matters to me and I know that also exactly. matters to you. And what so. works for one. Right. Yeah. What works for one isn't going to work for everyone. Well, let's talk about the two extremes. Okay. 
Um, and I'll let you pick which extreme you want to start with. Do we want to start with the person shuts down sexually or do we want to start with the hypersexual response? Well, let's start with the one that, that's it's the shutdown. Okay. That it's, okay. it's just they, they discover it. And so now they're completely averse to any kind of intimate connection. Okay. And I can totally see how and why a person would respond that way. Yep. That, you know, the, the feeling is, well, if you're going to be so free with your sexual energies elsewhere, why should, why should I give you all of mine? Right. Right. Because they're the feeling person... taken advantage of. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and that they would be sending the message, well, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You right. can't have sex with that person and then come home and have sex with me. Uh, or, or you can't, you know, masturbate to, to that celebrity's uh, nude photos online or whatever, and then expect that I'm going to want to crawl in bed and get all cozy with you. Right. So I, I understand that it, it certainly serves a purpose, and, and, and it's a necessary purpose to send the message that, look, what my expectation in this relationship is, is that we have an exclusive sexual relationship, and all of our energies are channeled exclusively toward one another. Right. And there's a leak in our bucket, and I'm not the one that put it there. You put it there, so you need to plug that hole in that bucket before. Okay, I I could create some really bad puns, and I'm really <laughs> yeah, trying hard. Let's not to go refrain. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's but, but you get the idea. Of I they, do. They don't feel comfortable offering their bodies. I do. Until some changes are made, and I think that it's actually very important to use that as leverage because what other leverage do you have? Um, okay. Like for example, I, I have a friend who, um, you know, keep the, I'll keep this very anonymous and very sketchy, but, um, you know, she caught her husband red handed in a scenario that was very, you know, very offensive, definitely definite betrayal. And yet she knew that he would soon try to have sex with her to soften her heart. Okay. And I told her, I think that it is very important for you not to play that game and to use uh, a lack of sex in the marriage as leverage to inspire him that this can't happen again. Right. But how does one know that it's okay to start gravitating back toward the middle ground of, of having intimacy in the marriage? Well, to answer that question, I think it comes down to when you can reach the point within yourself where you don't feel like you're using, you're being used, you're actually giving that you're actually a willing participant, that you're actually the best in you is there and present and going to be engaged in it. Because okay, my, so, my theory so is that if you're talking about somebody that is with that is withholding, that that is already present ahead of time <laughs> as well. That, I don't, I don't know. This is a tougher one because it, you, without circumstances, it's, it's really hard to unpack it. But right. But I think lots of times, I mean, here's the, let me, let's go with the scenario of you have the high desire partner that's done the betraying. Okay. Because okay. they, because of lack of whatever at home. Okay. So you have the low desire partner that has just been pawning them off the whole time of, I know it's a problem and I'm going to do something about it, but they have been saying that for years and they've never done anything about it. Okay. Isn't that just a withholding anyway? Isn't that a response to something in that? So you can use the power of, wait, this is not going to happen. And that kind of then sparks something in you as the one that was betrayed to, 
wait, what role have I played to help co-create the relationship? Not that that's what causes a betrayal. I hear that very, right. very clearly. Right. It's never a spouse's fault right. that, but, that infidelity took place. Right. But we co-create relationships, period. There's no way around that. So you contribute to what happens. So if you can own what, okay, look, maybe I wasn't around enough. Maybe I wasn't as available. Maybe I wasn't involved in this because of X, Y, Z, or maybe, I, and I've always been able to play the card of, well, I, I know I'm going to, I'm going to go see a therapist about that. I'm listening to sexy marriage radio about that. And I feel like it's really helping, but it's not, you know, you're just kind of placating them. Now, all of a sudden, if you reach the point of, wait, I don't ever want this to happen again in my relationship. So I'm going to own my stuff and I'm going to deal with what's going on in my life. And I'll reach a point where it's going to feel like this is something I want to be a part of now because it's coming from the okay. better parts of me. So you're saying that they could actually be inspired to put on their big girl panties or their big boy boxers yep. and step up to the plate and engage in a way that they weren't before. Right. And they realize that this could be an avenue toward healing. But I love what you said that it can't be a, a situation where they're just doing it to reel the partner back in or win them back because then they're just using their bodies to barter for what they're wanting or needing. They're trying to alleviate their own insecurities. Yeah. Uh, they're letting themselves be used. They're using sex in a controlling, manipulative way. Yep. So this isn't what intimacy is really supposed to be all about. So it's when they reach the point where they feel as if they're safe, they're secure, they want to give their bodies, they want to give and receive pleasure with their partner. But I would also say that there's a practical, that the, the practical step that needs to be taken. If your partner has been with someone else. Sexually before, speaking. Yeah, let's go, let's make speaking. sure it's physically sexual, like sex has occurred. Yes, yes. Right. Then they need to be tested yeah. for STDs before you jump back into bed with them. Right. Uh, you know, especially if you're still in childbearing years and your intention is, you know, to perhaps have more children, you have to take care of your reproductive health. You have to guard yourself from diseases that would keep you from being as fertile as you yep. want to be throughout you know, the rest of your lifetime. So are there any other steps? And, and I think that another thing that I would, ha that I would really want, like if I was coaching a couple and she was saying to me, or he was saying to me, I really want to have sex with my spouse again. I think that the, the main question I would have is, do you feel as if the spouse that betrayed you is truly repentant? Okay. Because I do think that if you have sex with them too quickly, you're sending them the message that you're okay the way that you are. Right. And if you're, even if you're not repentant, as long as you'll still be with me, I'm willing to tolerate this and you can't have your cake and eat it too. I just think that, that you lose your leverage and, yeah. and I'm not trying to promote manipulation. I'm just no, saying but it is, it is a leverage. Cause I think that's the appropriate term because it, we get into, we go into this with this idea of you know, here, here's something I hear in my office, Shannon. And anytime I can get a couple to go down this path, I, I love it because it changes the ball game that they'll be unpacking what's going on and what's happened. And the betrayed spouse will inevitably say, I can't believe you would do this to me. Right. And uh, yeah. can't you see that as a common response? Sure. And my response to that would be, what exactly did they do to you? You weren't there. Ooh. You weren't involved. Yeah. So the real question is, do you want to be with somebody that would do that to themselves?
because wow. that's, that's the bigger issue because that's an integrity issue. And if you change that, you make the betrayed spouse the wild card. So now all of a sudden, you know, you're right. I don't know if I want to be with somebody that would do that to themselves, but I'm not willing to throw in the towel right away because it's not that simple usually. Because right. typically you're we'll talking about together and right. Yeah. If you're talking about a betrayal in a marriage, you're usually talking about it well into it, you know, because if it happens early, it's fairly easy to I'm done. I'm not doing this. I'm not invested. But if you've got a lot of time into it, it's not as simple as uh, it's over, you know, <laughs> so but you change it to where now they have to really confront themselves about. So what? I wasn't getting sex at home the way I wanted. Does that mean I'm still able? Am I? I'm okay going out to other means. Right. Does that mean that I'm entitled to whatever right. floats my boat, right. in and, spite of the pain that it's going to cause? And other that's people? a that's a personal issue. That's not a relationship issue. And so, that's where you start to now you deal with two people, and what they choose. And so, so you you are so systemic in your approach, Corey. You're always <laughs> looking at the the two different angles of yep. it, it's it's not just a couple's problem; it's an individual problem too. You're always looking at the individual and the couple. It is. It's, it's all of that. Just because we always are in relationship with people, and so to me, that's what makes sense. And that's where when you're talking about the idea of using leverage, that's where when when the person that wants to withhold or the person that needs to conf was betrayed. Let's go that route. And they decide, you know, I'm not going to be in a relationship with this as part of my relationship. So that means I need to make sure what I'm offering up, what I'm a part of, who I am is the absolute best in me. And when I do that, I put pressure on my spouse to have to do the same and I'm going to influence them or they're not going to be with me. And that's really cut and dry reality. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we don't think of it in that simplistic of a term. Because we there's so many other influences and we change our mind. But the same philosophies at play when I discover a betrayal, you know, it's not that I'm just done all of a sudden. It's just that, okay, I'm not sure what I'm going to do next with this, but I'm going to see what happens. Well, and I think that it shows high self-esteem when you, you know, when you truly believe that I'm worthy of a spouse who is faithful to me. Yep. And I'm not going to just lay down and be the doormat that they walk back over on their way back into the house after they've been with someone else. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm I'm all for leverage and I'm glad that you affirmed the use of that word. For yeah. Me. Well, it's just I mean, it's the same thing I use on a on a post I wrote one time on our ultimatums in marriage. OK. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> and, you know, when you think about, you know, the spouse who does, you know, um, and I'm not saying negatively. Uh, they, they choose to use their leverage and they withhold right. and they distance themselves and you know all that. I do think that there needs to be not necessarily a chronological time limit, but I do think that the couple need to work toward a resolve of when is intimacy safe to be reintroduced back into this marriage relationship. And if they can't see eye to eye on that, I definitely think a counselor or a coach right is a vital ingredient in helping them mediate that because what I don't want to see is a betrayed spouse beating the betrayer over the head with it for years to come, yeah. even though there has been repentance, right. even though there has been change, right. uh, even though, you know, they are trying everything that they can to restore trust. I think that some people can just choose to camp out in the camp of bitterness. Yep. They can. And they, and they can't forgive and, and they think... can't, 
move on. And, and I don't think that that's a healthy place, not just for the betrayed spouse who's not getting sex or the, the, the spouse who did the betraying, who doesn't get sex anymore, but it's also a very painful place for the betrayed spouse to live. Right. It is. It's, it, you're, it's, it's decreasing for both of you. It's yes, harmful it, for both it, of you. It doesn't serve any good purpose. Right. So reach out to a counselor yeah. and have them help you navigate these waters with the goal being that we're eventually going to reconnect intimately and strengthen this marriage with the vital ingredient that perhaps was missing before. Okay, but I want to not- challenge you just real quick, Shannon, because when we're talking about, I think a more proper way to think of it is to reconnect sexually again because if you think about it if you are real and raw in the midst of your portrayal you're more intimate than you were before because you're allowing that person to truly see what's going on inside you isn't that intimacy that is intimacy so it's it's just a and it's just a semantic wording of this but i think it helps it helps frame it better is yeah that's that's great because you actually are creating better intimacy by going through this and that's how somebody can write a book that my husband's affair was the best thing that ever happened to us that's how my wife and i can sit here and say because i had an emotional betrayal you know seven years into our marriage and that's why we can look back on and that and say that was one of the best things that ever happened to us you know when we were able to sit across the table from each other at a food court and say, and, and Pam was able to say, if things don't change, we're done. And that was me having to come to grips with a two year long journey of who am I? Who have I become? This is not me, you know, mm. and, and having to face that. It had nothing to do with her, but it had everything to do with her, you know? So that's where we can, that whole path, that's intimacy and it's not comfortable. Cause I like a lot of times we have this misnomer that we desperately want intimacy, but we don't realize that intimacy is just as likely to create discomfort as it is comfort. Ah, that is so true. And and I'm glad that you were vulnerable enough with us to unpack that because you kind of alluded to it at the beginning of the show. And I wanted to say, well, now what's, what's all that about, Corey? (laughs) Tell me more. (laughs) I didn't want to put you on the spot. I'm fine. Tell us which one of you, the two of you were, you know, were, were feeling betrayed there. But um, yeah, so let's go over to the other side of the spectrum. Okay. Uh, now that we, I think that we've sufficiently addressed the the spouse who needs to work toward forgiveness if their spouse is truly repentant, right. and there needs to be certainly an introduction of verbal intimacy very very soon and sexual intimacy eventually when they when when the conditions are right when that person feels as if they can truly give of themselves wholeheartedly and freely. Um, without feeling as if they're just trying to manipulate their spouse into right. staying with them. So what about when someone responds with hypersexuality of like, I know that I, I had a, a client who she didn't catch her husband red handed, but she just had this inkling. And so she checked his phone and found out that he did have a rendezvous set up with someone, but it, she truly believed it was the first time he had ever done anything like this. Okay. It was someone that he was involved with through a work relationship. And th- this was the first time that they were going to you know, have a rendezvous on a personal level. And her response to the situation was she basically just, um, she plopped herself into the saddle and started galloping at full speed. If you'll pardon the word right. picture of she just, turned the dial way up sexually to try to mark her territory. 
to keep her husband okay. from going in that direction. Okay. But I, I'm, I'm not so sure that that's a, a genuinely healthy response yeah, either. What do you think well, of that response? It, come, it comes back to where is that coming from? You know, is that truly her? Just saying, wait, wait, wait. This is, you, you don't realize what you're missing here? You know, and let me show you. Or is it truly just this whole, this is my territory and I'm going to control you in this way? And is it birthed out of insecurity right. that you would leave me? Right. And so I'm going to make, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure you don't leave me because that's what this means to me rather than, okay, this is, let, let me just show you who I am. And if you choose something else, I'm willing to take the risk by and still show you who I am. I mean, that's, hmm. that's a different stance. Yeah. That that's more one of, of power, not yeah, weakness. It is. And that's where to circle back. Cause I think this still fits here is how do you know when you're ready to introduce sexual activity back into your marriage after a betrayal is, I mean, one of the things that comes to my mind is, are you able to have sex with the lights on again? <laughs> are, are you able to be seen in the midst of, because that's the, sometimes your path to healing, oddly enough, is through the, is, is the same route that the betrayal happened. You know, because you're talking about a sexual betrayal, most likely. Right. So sometimes that's a path to your healing, too. It's the same thing as what you've talked about is the the brain's attempt to heal itself is sometimes our is our sexual fantasies. Right. It's, right. It, you're dealing with childhood trauma or something and you're and it. That's how it comes out. Well, that can be a path for healing in a marriage, too, that. Now all of a sudden, so it's not that we're just introducing sex again into the relationship. It's I'm introduced. It could it could actually be you're introducing sex into the relationship. Period. That you've never had it to that level. To that level, yeah. right? You've never had it to to the depth that it could be. Yeah. Or it could be simply that you recognize that I haven't turned up the the dial as much as I could have in the past, and intensity right. has really been missing right. in this relationship. Because let's be real. We don't long just for intimacy. We also long for intensity on occasion. Yep. I mean, you know, sex is a great way to produce some intensity and to well, relieve some stress yeah. and to create that euphoric feeling. And you long for presence of another human being, you know. And for another human being to kind of devour you, you know. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that we all kind of crave being, you know, feeling as if we're so edible that we're being devoured type right. of thing. Well, yeah, just being wanted by somebody else. And yes, so then that right. comes back down to, am I presenting something worth wanting? And that's out of power. That's, that's the only way that happens. So final scenario, um, I actually met a woman who explained to me that um, her husband, you know, she discovered that he had been unfaithful. He was very repentant. As soon as, you know, it all came to the surface, um, he went to great lengths to reestablish her trust, uh, even was willing to sign a document that stated that if he ever did anything like this again, she would get everything okay. financially okay, in uh, custody of their children and the whole nine yards. And uh, as soon as he was tested for STDs and it came back negative, his wife made the choice that she wanted to reintroduce sexual intimacy after a period of about a, a three week period of abstinence. Um, and she said that she started having sex with him every night and that it wasn't, you know, uh, 
you know, I'm feeling insecure about myself and I need to know that he's mine type right. of thing, market territory type of thing. Although, I mean, there could have been some of that there, but sure. she said more than anything, she said, I recognized that for probably three years, I had lost focus on my husband, on my marriage because I was building my career. And she realized that, you know, that it wasn't her fault that he had done this, right. but she certainly had a lot of power that she could utilize to give to him what had been missing, what she acknowledged had been missing. Okay. And so, um, I actually thought the way that she described it, she said, Shannon, when we have sex, we usually wind up crying together and talking with one another. And I feel the freedom to ask the questions that I really feel as if I'm justified in asking He's given me honest, straightforward answers. He's very repentant. We pray together. We're asking God to heal our marriage. We're asking God to keep our family together. And when she described it that way, I don't think that it was necessarily an unhealthy thing that she no. reintroduced sex that fast. Not at all. Yeah, because this, this is that idea of now all of a sudden they're both more present and they're both encouraging each other to be more present in their own life. Because I would assume that this is the same thing that was happening outside of the bedroom as well. Yeah, they're dealing with what is, yep. with what has been, and what could be. Yep. All in one fell swoop. Yep. And yeah, I know that not every couple's restoration process is going to look that rosy or that smooth. No, I, no. I get that it's usually a much, <laughs> much, much more rocky path. Yeah. But I do have to to cheer a couple on who really are willing to take off their masks with each other, be totally, totally real, and as a result of that genuine intimacy sexual intensity is reawakened yep. and let me I, I think let me add yeah let me add this though because this is something i think important for people to understand is that as humans and as our psyche goes we're cyclical in nature so you have a betrayal the discovery of it the hurt the ensuing pain disappointment all of that and you work through it and you get better and then six months later out of the blue it hits you again a year later out of the blue it hits you again Six months after that, it hits you again. That's just the way we are, but the typical pattern is those the time in between gets longer. So hmm. keep that in mind, just because I think that helps to frame what the path is a little bit, that there it, will it be will times. It will get smoother and easier and less eventful in a negative way right. and and right. and more, yeah, more um, calming, soothing, connecting. Yeah. yeah. Well, this has been great. Oh. Well, thanks man, for having the conversation yes, with me. Yes, I hope it helps. So I hope so too. Wherever you are, let us know what you think. See you next time. Bye bye.